think about a time where you felt so excited about something, a time where you were just swept up into an experience. And just allow yourself briefly to kind of recall what that sensory memory was like. And notice what happens in your mind as you kind of take that feeling and pull it into this moment right now and kind of notice some of those changing perceptions and your thoughts and your belief systems and even especially now your actions as there you are taking that feeling and using that resource state, that feeling of excitement, curiosity, motivation, this, this ravenous sensation within yourself perhaps, and now letting it apply to this specific task. You know your business can change people's lives, but you don't yet have the right words to inspire them to take action. Imagine the changes you will create in your business as you tap into the secrets of ethical influence and positive persuasion to not only better serve your clients, but also to supercharge your financial freedom. I'm your host, Jason Lynette, and welcome to the Hypnotic Language Hacks podcast. I help entrepreneurs and business owners just like you to close more premium sales. And no, this isn't about tricking or manipulating people, not at all. It's about helping your prospects to appropriately sell themselves into your products or services. Please hit subscribe and get all the episodes now at jasonlinette.com. You go on any social media site and you're gonna to start to see all sorts of images or maybe even hashtags around the theme of hustle or grind. And there's gonna be people who are basically boasting or bragging about how motivated they are and how productive they've been. You've probably seen that stuff. And you've likely also heard this old quote that if you love what you do, you're never going to work a day in your life. Well, the truth is, for those of you that have been in any kind of business for quite some time, as much as you may enjoy it, some days it's a job. Some days it is absolutely work. But then again, there's other times where you're perhaps loving what you're doing, and maybe you are extremely motivated, but there's some procrastination pattern that's kind of crept in. You've got that amazing list of things that you know you want to do, and yet there you are not yet doing them. So today's episode is all about giving you some strategies to easily resolve that. Not yet motivated? Do this. Before we get started today, if you want to easily grab people's attention, naturally build authority, and organically have your prospects wanting more from you, even before you've made an offer, I've created a step-by-step -step program to help you to do just that. It's called Business Influence Systems. And this is your opportunity now to visit jasonlinette.com to get a free behind-the-scenes tour of the exact hypnotic persuasion strategies that you can ethically use to better start up or scale up your business. If you want a proven framework to boost your confidence, attract premium clients, and inspire more people to take action with you, get Business Influence Systems now at jasonlinette.com. Let me begin this with a bit of a dangerous question, especially given the fact that you're now interacting with a podcast episode all about the topic of motivation. Yet there's a very important question that we've got to get out of the way before we get started. Otherwise, it's a big gap that may be left open. Here's the question. Is motivation even necessary? And, and here's why I bring that up. Understand that as part of my job as somebody who studies hypnotic influence and persuasion strategies, it's to first of all understand different words 
elicit different emotional states and representations in people's minds from one person to another. So it's where if I use the word motivation, you might have the idea of this sudden ball of energy, this force of adrenaline, and I've, I've got a picture of Sonic the Hedgehog in my brain <laughs> of something really active and going on. But then again, your representation of motivation might be different. Let me give you a bit of a side correlation to what I'm getting at here. There's a part of the community that in your business writing, in your business communication, if you use the word visualize, if you use the word picture, if you're asking somebody to create images in their mind, keep in mind, there's a small part of the community that are going to shut down the moment you do that. And there's a couple of possible reasons why. Maybe one, there might be some kind of specific impairment as to why they cannot visualize. And understand that's going to be the extreme minority, yet it is a part of the community we want to have in mind in terms of our messaging. The bigger part of them, if I may share a strongly held opinion, it's my show after all, to share a bit of a strongly held opinion, there's a part of the community that is holding on to this idea that visualization needs to be this wonderfully cinematic experience with vivid colors and moving images. And maybe for some people it is. I would likely argue that for a lot of people, it's not. It might be flashes of color, specific visual memories. So what I'm getting at is one specific word could mean all sorts of different things to different people. So is motivation necessary? Well, the answer is it depends on exactly how you label that. So this idea, this sort of social media fantasy world of this rush of adrenaline, this excitement, yes, indeed, Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> this experience of something rushing about you and boom, there it is. I am ready to jump in. Well, sometimes it might be that. But then again, sometimes it might not be, which is where my task today is to give you some of the strategies that I've shared with my clients, I've shared with my consulting students, and quite openly, I've used in my own life. And some of them I use every single day because in any business, especially if we have multiple streams of income, if we have different hats that we wear, depending on the things we do in our business, there's something to be said about the need to kind of switch modes, the need to kind of switch your production mindset where maybe here's the period of time where I'm making calls, here's the period of time where I'm working one-to-one -one with somebody, here's the period of time where I'm setting up the cameras, the microphones, and I'm filming. So let's, first of all, change some of the definition a bit of a reframe to use some hypnotic language here. Let's reframe our understanding of motivation. And part one of this, we need to take motivation out of a binary equation. And just to nerd out for a moment, because you have to use the phrase nerd out if you use the word binary. It's a law based on the internet article I read years ago. Trust me on this. <laughs> what I'm getting at is that for many people, they perceive motivation to either be uh, yes or a no, binary. It's a one or it's a zero. Either they're motivated or they're not motivated at all. And think about this for a moment. The opposite of something being binary is for something to be analog. And this all sounds very technical. It's actually an extremely simple concept because here's all it means. In your home, in your office, maybe even in your car, there are various dials that are either on or they're off. So for example, in my car, as in most cars that have been built in, I guess, at least the last 20 or 30 years, 
there's the sort of rear defroster button that it's kind of icy outside or maybe it's foggy and you hit the button and usually a little light turns on. And then those little coiled wires that are in the back, uh, back window start to heat up and that sort of defroster defogs that back window. So that's either on or it's off. The same as your car, it's either on or it's off. But then again, you've got the gas pedal, you've got the accelerator, which is where now there's a range from zero, as in the speed, to whatever speed your car can go up to. Please drive safely. So just like the lights in your home, the light can either be on or it's off, but chances are you probably have some lights that are on a dimmer switch. This is actually a very important thing to start to address here early on, because sometimes all we need is just that little bit of a foot in the door to use a hypnotic language pattern, what was once referred to as a practitioner in the 20th century, Dave Ellman, he called it the opening wedge, that we just need a little bit, just that little bit of the foot in the door to recognize we have some motivation. Let's even use another word. We have some intention, desire, whatever words ignite your neurology, to use whatever words we have to go, okay, I've got this intention to come in today and write these two blog posts for my website to return these calls. We've got some, I'll tell you a funny category that uh, I worked with a number of times over the years. And let's be brutally honest as we talk about this category. And the one that I would see the most often was the life insurance agent. That because they were partner with a bigger company, that company has a website. People would go to that website, be it Liberty Mutual, um, you know, Geico, New York Life, whatever insurance companies are out there, and they had some sort of form on the national or even international website. Then again, the life insurance agent was also going out and doing their own networking, you know, doing the different networking events, getting opportunities to know, like, and trust to meet new people, as it were. So part of their job was to continue to cultivate the leads that they had generated, the ones that are already what we call in business a warm lead because they already know you. And now it's just a matter of enhancing the rapport, delivering the value, and then signing up the person for that specific program. But then again, because they were a member of that larger insurance company, they were handed a list of numbers that they were supposed to call nearly every single day. These were the people that, as part of their agreement, had filled out a form on a national website, and now it was siphoned down to that specific, maybe zip code, and now here, call these people too. Those were cold calls. And yes, there was some level of permission in these, but they were not expecting a call from that one specific person. So put yourself in that person's shoes for a moment. You could imagine the people that they had already met was a lot more friendly of a phone call, right? When meanwhile, the others maybe were the people, let's build the character, were bouncing around to different websites, filling out whatever free applications were there and playing the game of who's the cheapest. They were not yet a qualified, sophisticated buyer, but at least the foot was in the door. Well, you can imagine which category would likely result in, no thanks, and they hang up. Yeah. So to say it politely, no matter how we reframe it, cold calling sucks, or let's phrase it more positively, cold calling might suck without the right strategies. How's that? As a little bit of a modifier. So this is to acknowledge that these people, they called it call reluctance. They were not picking up the phone and calling because these were the more difficult ones to close. Meanwhile, the other ones were already warmed up and ready for the conversation. 
wasn't so much of a challenge, right? So recognize that there's some level of motivation that's there. And here's the interesting thought. Let's go a little bit more uh, mesmerizing with the strategy here. And whether you imagine this with your eyes open right now, or for some of you, you might close your eyes, but only do that if you're in a safe place that it's appropriate to do so. Either way, think about it this way. It's the imagination that comes up with all the reasons why we can't or maybe shouldn't or even just don't want to do something right now. So rather than fight with the imagination, let's put the imagination to use, right? Use, there's a great phrase inside of this work that the same way into the problem is often the same way out. So if it's the imagination that's playing the game of telling you, this is going to be hard, this isn't going to be enjoyable, and I really don't want to do it for all these reasons, let's use the imagination to your benefit. Well, notice in your mind exactly if it were a scale of, let's say, zero to 100, where would that motivation be right now to make those calls? And very often those people would say to me, how about maybe a 10, maybe 15? So the foot's in the door. And let's use the imagination to your advantage. In your mind, imagine grabbing a hold of that dial and slowly ramping it up. And notice what's different in your thoughts at like 30%, maybe 50%. And maybe it's not appropriate to kick it all the way up to 100 so we're breaking out of that binary once again, this mindset that there's this pure 100% amazing rush of, again, I'm back to Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, this amazing rush of full power ahead, full engines running and all sorts of metaphors I am just ruining right now, back to Sonic. Uh, the experience we're now, maybe all we needed is it to be is at a 70%. And let's use some of the other strategies I'm going to be sharing with you here to bump it up to appropriate levels where it needs to go. So if it's the imagination that's playing the game as to here's all the reasons why I can't or even just don't want to be doing these things, use that same part of the mind, the imagination, as if you could grab a hold of it like a dial and turn it up. And even if this seems really stupid and silly to do, do it anyway, because it's kind of silly to not be doing these things that clearly will be working for your business. So use those powers for good. So, so far we've addressed is the motivation even necessary? Well, we have to redefine exactly what that motivation may be to us. Similar to that too, if it's the imagination that's standing in the way, take it out of a one or a zero, yes or a no situation, switch it from binary to analog. We're now like a dimmer switch. We can ramp that sucker up and turn that power up to where we want to be. Likewise as well, the best person to plagiarize from is yourself. The best person to steal things from is you. Here's what I mean by this. Chances are, if you really think about it, maybe there are other moments in your life where you can remember a time where you felt so incredibly motivated. You felt so excited, jazzed, pumped up, whatever phrases you want to use to describe a time where you felt so ready to get out there and do something. And chances are, it might have even had nothing to do with the specific context that you want to apply it in. So I can think of a time where I had discovered a new hobby, a new specific, I had a hobby of doing magic tricks, cards and coins and sleight of hand as a teenager. And there was one time where suddenly, and just to describe it, there was one style of coin magic where you had your hands down around your waist, you know, out in front of you as if like a table and people were looking down. And there's one specific style of sleight of hand coin magic where suddenly now the hands were up in front of your face and people could see into your palms 
and it just looks so cool. And I remember a time where I first discovered that specific series of sleight of hand moves to do the coin magic, where now what was so cool, so cool about that was that they didn't remember looking at your hands and your shoes. They remembered looking at your face. You became more memorable by doing the coin trick that way. So the time that I first discovered that, I was ravenous to get out there and find anything and everything that I could about that style of coin magic. Similar to that, there's a time where a client was in my office for a hypnotic change process. And the way that sometimes people say these things and they have their own epiphanies, and you hear it and go, damn, that's a good idea. I had a guy who years ago said, well, I realized I've been working on trying to lose the same 40 pounds of body fat for most of my adult life. And I think rather than continuing to work on the problem, I want to start to now work on the solution. So I want to go out and I want to get books on strength training. And uh, there's this category between bodybuilding and powerlifting called power building, which is about getting stronger, but also, you know, having the aesthetic, but you're not quite going for the stage ready body bodybuilding stuff and all the craziness of that, perhaps. I'm going to go read a lot of books. I'm going to create a program and I'm going to do that for the next six months. And I heard him say this. And that night, there I was on Amazon buying books like Bigger, Leaner, Stronger by Mike Matthews, checking out websites like Lean Gains and all the others as well. And I poured myself into that and I learned how to lift weights in a way that I wasn't hurting myself, which is a very important factor for strength training, it turns out. So what am I getting at here? Think about a time where you felt so excited about something, a time where you were just swept up into an experience and just allow yourself briefly to kind of recall what that sensory memory was like and notice what happens in your mind as you kind of take that feeling and pull it into this moment right now and kind of notice some of those changing perceptions and your thoughts and your belief systems and even especially now your actions as there you are taking that feeling. And using that resource state, that feeling of excitement, curiosity, motivation, this, this ravenous sensation within yourself, perhaps, and now letting it apply to this specific task. This is the abilities of using our own perceptual resources, our own sensory memories, the same way that years ago, in a different context, I was working with a client, a lawyer, who was losing confidence in his closing arguments in a court case. He was on fire throughout the entire court case. That is a metaphor. Literally, he was not on fire, just for those of you that are taking this too literally. Uh, he was excited. He was in the moment. He was raring and ready to go, to use a much older phrase. And yet, for whatever reason, suddenly now he was slipping. And what did we do? Through conversation, he was one of these people, you've seen videos of this, I'm sure, though he's not the one on YouTube, where it's he's 17 years old, high school basketball team, two seconds left on the clock. He's got the ball. He's the other side of the court. And well, let's give it a try. What's going to happen? He hurls the ball all the way across the court and swish, nothing but net. He wins the game. They're chanting his name. They're lifting him up, lifting him up on their shoulders. And this is his peak performance defining moment of confidence. Well, clearly in the courtroom, the judge, the bailiff, 
the opposing counsel wasn't going to be lifting him up on their shoulders. Of course not. No, that's not appropriate for that situation. Yet instead, he could bring part of his mind back to that sensory memory and draw out that resource-confident state and bring it into the present. Cool, right? So the same way that we can remember a time where you were so excited to jump into something, remember a time where you felt so motivated, enthusiastic, jazzed, pumped, whatever phrase you want to use, and just bring that sensation because you know you want to feel motivated. Because you know you want it, that means it's somewhere already there in the neurology of your mind and body, which is great because that means in terms of boosting that motivation, you don't have to invent from scratch. You don't have to create something out of nothing. We just need to find where it exists already inside of you and harness that and put that into use. For those of you that are inside of my program, Business Influence Systems, there are several guided experiences which actually help you to do this much even faster, even more directly as such. But we can kind of level this up now with another strategy, which is another hypnotic principle in terms of personal change, personal influence. However, this is going to maybe sound like something new to some of you that are out there listening or watching this. However, you've already done this most of your adult life and probably have done it nearly every day you've been alive. We call it anchoring. Anchoring, what that basically is, is connecting one sensory experience to another sensory experience, which again, you hear a song and that piece of music may remind you of everything you were going through when you first heard that piece of music. Or maybe you hear the song and it brings you to different memories. You know, let's take the now classic song, Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. And it might take you to the movie Bohemian Rhapsody that uh, came out a number of years ago. It takes me back to Wayne's World because, of course, it should. <laughs> so the way this one piece of music, or for my kids, it might be the time they did something with it on the Muppets. And for some of you, when Con Kanye West covered it. So for one piece of music, it's dipping into that part of the brain that deals with association and pulling out other references. You walk into a room and you smell something. And because you smell it, it triggers all sorts of sensory memories. I made, uh, we kind of did a slow cook thing with my kids the other day where we soaked some beans for about two days. Bit of a quick cooking science lesson, as it were. We soaked some black beans for about two days. And then early in the morning, put them into a crock pot with a couple of spices that we, the kids are exploring more spices right now. Uh, sliced up some bacon, put that in there, in the slow cooker, on low, 10 hours. You're getting recipes from me as well. This, this program has everything, I know, right? So let it cook. And the entire day, I had put cinnamon in, in the beans this time. There was cumin, there was paprika, there was pepper, there was salt, and the bacon. Yet it was somehow the combination of the bacon and the cinnamon that my wife's texting me at home. She's going, I keep thinking there's cookies in the house. Like there's this savory kind of cookie that we made sometimes. I know they weren't bacon cookies, but the smell keeps bringing me back to that specific thing. So this is what we call anchoring in terms of hypnotic influence strategies. Though again, it's nothing new. Dr. Ivan Pavlov would feed his dogs and ring a bell. Feed his dogs, ring a bell. Feed his dogs, ring his bell. Feed his dogs, ring a bell. And eventually they could ring the bell and the dogs would respond as if they were about to be fed. 
He called that classical conditioning. We call that anchoring. So as soon as, as soon as you have the resource memory in mind, do something sensory specific. And here's the end result of this. What you can now begin to do is theoretically program yourself that the same way when you hear Bohemian Rhapsody, you go to Wayne and Garth headbanging in the car with two guys, three guys in the back. Good scene. Go watch that movie. It stands up. Or perhaps you walk into a room and you smell lemons and there were the lemon drop cupcakes that were trending on the web right before my daughter was born, that these cupcakes are magic. If you cook them, the baby will come in the next 24 hours. Well, three and a half days later, we had some good cupcakes and we had a daughter, but that span of time, no, the cupcakes were not magic, but we've made them several times ever since. <laughs> whatever smells, whatever associations, you can now start to create what we call your own anchored trigger. So something you probably never see in anything of mine, whether you're listening to me, whether you're watching me, is very often right before the take begins, I clap my hands. Why? Practice what I preach. This is something I've conditioned for myself. Because when I've done the video, when I've done the audio, when I've been on the call and it closed and everything was connecting, everything was synced up, as soon as I exit the thing, I do the clap and in my head, I am charging up that gesture. So then when it's time to produce content for my business, I turn on the camera, I get into position, I make sure I'm lined up, I check the sound levels, I clap, I begin the take and I am in the zone. And this is something that now has carried over to my own motivational strategies as well. So as much as we can just simply bring our memories back to a specific experience, we can then, like the, like the clipboard of a computer, right? <laughs> we can paste onto that temporary space of that gesture, this action. And this does become a moment of, well, who's hypnotizing who? Yet because we have set a criteria dare I say, even a bit of a superstition that when I do this, that's when it gets me going. There's a, there's a story, which I may mangle some of the details, but look it up because it's fascinating. The great actor, Jack Lemmon, would say two words before every take. And this is even better because back in the days of grumpy old men or even the odd couple, apparently this annoyed the hell out of Walter Matthau, which I think is maybe why he did it even more. Director yells, action, Jack Lemmon would go, magic time. And there's an anecdote somewhere, I forget which, which dramatic movie or made-for-TV thing he was doing, where it drove the other actor crazy, that they've got to do this, they've got to do in the story that they're presenting, this like deathbed scene, action. The, the director's trying to match the tone, action, Jack Lemmon, magic time. You know, I've just got so many regrets. <laughs> But that was his sort of cue to get into the acting mode. There's an old interview somewhere with Phil Hartman back from Saturday Night Live, Troy McClure from The Simpsons, let's point out the best reference, where he would actually create anchored words for the various impressions. If I remember the one he used for former President Bill Clinton, Pringles, somehow you say the word Pringles, it brings you back to the voice. Might've been something else, but that's how I remembered it. I know, very specific references the more you hang out with me. So we can create that resource memory, but we can make use of some sort of, let's take the jargon out of this, some sort of associated trigger in hypnotic language patterns. We call that an anchor, that by doing the thing, that's that moment of plugging in that battery, 
plugging in that device and we can bring ourselves into that mode and we can trick out that neurology and bring ourselves into that productive, motivated mode. Let's bring this all together though with one final strategy, one final technique that quite honestly, this is probably the one that I use more than anything else. And it's based upon the core of, in my opinion, the core of effective influential communication. Most influential communication is based upon a simple one and two formula. It's an action followed by a result. It's a cause followed by an effect. If you want to use fancy jargon terminology that I'd use, it's a pace followed by a lead. Notice how you feel if I sit here right now and I just say to you, go ahead and relax even further. And it's a bit jarring to just say that as a command. But let's now put some context to this, right? So a little bit of instruction. You can do this wherever you are right now. Just simply take a nice, comfortable, deep breath in. And as you exhale, go ahead and relax a little bit further down. Comes a whole lot easier now, doesn't it? Why? Because there's context. We create memories, we create thoughts, we create belief systems based on cause and effect relationships, even things that are valid for us. When I run this email campaign, that brings at least 15 new people into my program. Or if I don't bring my umbrella to the office, it's going to be pouring when I drive home. Whether the belief is valid or invalid or even just a superstition, we create thoughts and associations by exactly that, associative memory. So this is where, to share with you one of my personal catchphrases, we can either make use of a formal process of hypnosis or coaching, consulting, whatever terminology you want to use, but then again, we can let our actions become hypnotic. And here is the dialogue that I now share with you. As I'm getting dressed to exercise, I'm becoming more motivated to make use of my entire lifting program. As I'm setting up the weights, I'm feeling a greater readiness to jump into that lifting. As I turn on the treadmill, as I turn on the treadmill, I'm even more ready to walk at a brisk pace for 30 minutes as I watch this educational video. So what am I doing there? I'm not just going for the result. I'm connecting to the result to something that is an action that I can easily take. Gold's Gym is a franchise, which means if you wanted to open up your old own Gold's Gym, provided there wasn't one immediately in your area, you would pay a very hefty licensing fee, you would get all sorts of marketing materials, you would get the benefit of their international promotion, and in most cases, you would get a sticker that a lot of Gold's Gyms have on the door when you first walk in. Showing up is half the battle. Well, as I drive to the gym, I'm even more ready to jump into my workout class. So we're creating a correlation here. And this is really, in my opinion, the greatest key to when you don't feel motivated, do this. Start to let your actions become influential. Start to let your actions become that catalyst, that baby step towards something bigger and better. Break everything you need to do down to the smallest individual components. And what is that smallest win that you can make use of right away? Let that be the catalyst action to then create some outstanding results. You have been listening to the Hypnotic Language Hacks podcast with Jason Lynette. Please stop everything and start exploring jasonlinette.com 
for even more business influence and persuasion resources. Make it a priority right now to subscribe to this program and listen to every episode because the next one may reveal that one hypnotic influence secret to massively scale your success. Change your words, change your business, change your life. Get even more at jasonlinette.com.